today we have a great episode lined up for you guys. Big tech update. We're going to be talking about Google. We're also going to be talking about Meta and the super keyword that's happening right now, AI. And I keep saying we. I'm joined by an amazing co-host today, Toby. Good morning, Toby. How's it going? I'm doing well, Jose. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty excited. Uh, I'm I'm really starting this new kind of chapter on my YouTube channel where I bring more co- more hosts to kind of discuss different industries. And I'm super excited that you're here joining me today to discuss the big tech market. There's a lot of companies here, a lot of news, a lot of emerging technology that investors can learn about. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to be here, Jose. Thanks for having me. I think it's going to be a fun show. So for topic number one, it's going to be led by Toby, and he's going to take a closer look at Google and some antitrust challenges. So I'll pass it over to Toby right away so we can get started. All right. Thanks, Jose. And yeah, let's kick this off. Um, like Jose said, I want to talk a little bit about about, uh, about some of the antitrust issues that, that Google has been having recently. And this kind of came to mind, uh, Jose, as we move to the second slide here. Uh, because of a, of a recent investigation, right? That, um, this news broke last week. Um, a couple of news outlets were reporting this. The Department of Justice is apparently expanding its investigation uh, into potential antitrust uh, violations uh, of Google related to its Google Maps product, right? Now, this investigation has actually been going on um, for about a year since last March, but it seems to be heating up now. Uh, the uh, new report I've seen suggests that the Department of Justice is now interviewing potential witnesses, they're interviewing competitors, they're interviewing customers, all kind of leading up to a potential lawsuit against Google here. Now, no decision's been made yet, right? So we have no lawsuit, but if it does come, I'd expect that to maybe happen later this year. Uh, So you may ask, what's this about? What's the deal with maps, right? Uh, Well, the key issue under investigation appears to be um, whether Google is illegally bundling maps and search together, right? And forcing, for instance, app developers to use both of them at the same time. Now you hear that word bundling, right? So those of you who are maybe a little older may recall the Microsoft's antitrust lawsuit back in the late nineties, right? Uh, I think that lawsuit was actually filed in 1998. Um, This was the Department of Justice going after Microsoft for for bundling Internet Explorer with its OS back when we were just starting with full internet and browsers, Jose, right? Browsers were just getting started here. And the allegation there was Microsoft was was illegally bundling Internet Explorer and trying to put all the other browsers out of business, right? Seems to be a similar theory here with Google and Google Maps, uh, that they're bundling these together and kind of forcing you, if you're going to, say, develop an app on on Android, to use the Google Mapping program, right? Um, And I, I find this a little bit ironic, again, going back to that Microsoft lawsuit, because that success by the, by the government, I think, was part of what allowed Google to kind of dominate in search with Microsoft kind of out of the picture and having to deal with these investigations, <laughs> right? And, uh, and now we've got, we've got the government going after Google for the same thing, essentially. Different product, but the same type of violation, it seems, which, which is really interesting. Um, but there you go, right? These are how these things, these things go. Uh, tech develops quite quickly. And... Um, where one company could be an upstart trying to fight against a dominant giant, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Now they are the dominant giant uh, facing uh, allegations of wrongdoing themselves. Uh, another aspect of this investigation looks like is um, related to uh, Google Automotive Services, maybe Android Auto there. 
uh, and they're looking at whether Google, um, the way they package maps, the app store and the voice assistant in that package is also done illegally, right? Uh, I don't have too much information on that yet, so that may come out more if a suit is actually filed. But ask yourself, right, you're talking about big tech here. If, if uh, the government is looking at Google's automotive efforts, what does that say about Apple and CarPlay? Is that going to be on the horizon at some point? Maybe, maybe we'll see that, right? Um, so again, no decision has been made yet on this, but, uh, we may see something more later this year, some kind of actual lawsuit. Before we go any further, I want to thank you for watching and I need your help to reach my goal of 30,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So if you can do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and thumbs up. Also, if you want some fantastic insight into the semiconductor industry, join my other channel, Semiconductor Investing and More, where I use my electrical engineering background to break down the semiconductor market. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video and check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for their subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Speaking of those lawsuits, let's move on to this, this next slide I got for you. Uh, there are a couple of ongoing lawsuits uh, with the Department of Justice and Google. It's not just this thing. We actually have lawsuits uh, in court you might be familiar with. The first one was actually filed back in 2020, Jose, and this was a, a, um, a lawsuit that alleges Google maintains an illegal monopoly in search, right, uh, in part by cutting off competitors from distribution channels. Uh, at least 11 states are joining with the DOJ in this suit. Um, allegations included that, that Google uses market power uh, and Android to dominate the search market, uh, lock out competitors. Uh, Google recently filed a response. I think they were filed, filed that response in, in December, seeking to dismiss the suit, um, saying, hey, uh, all these deals you're seeing that we've been cutting with, say, Mozilla and Apple to put our search products in their browser. That's evidence that it actually is competitive. We have to compete by cutting deals. It's not anti-competitive. I'm not sure they were going to buy that. Um, the, the case is set, I believe, to go to trial in September. So later this year, we'll, we'll see that unless it settles out uh, before that. Um, you're also looking at, at uh, deals with Android um, handset makers, the phone makers. Uh, Google's trying to say, well, those aren't exclusive deals. They can do whatever they want. But again, you're dealing with a market power of Android uh, in the market, right? Um, another suit, this was recently, this was actually filed in January. This focuses on the advertising business, right? This suit is joined by eight states. The allegation here is that Google has abused its power to control all aspects of online advertising from the ad buying, the ad selling, plus the actual platform where you, you know, you exchange stuff, they control all of that. That's what the allegation is. Um, and the government says here, Hey, part of Google strategy has been illegally buying up competitors right, to kind of build out their ad platform. And one of the remedies they're looking at, which is interesting, if they win this case, they're saying they want to uh, force Google to break up, right, to spin off some of its advertising business. They could, this could include DoubleClick, right? Uh, they bought that some time ago. I don't remember exactly when they acquired DoubleClick, but some of the remedies here could be breaking up that advertising business of Google, which would be really interesting and completely change the market landscape of online advertising. So this is one to watch. Again, this was actually just filed in January, very early. We'll have to see how this develops. Uh, and finally, last slide here, at least you think it's only the Department of Justice Google has to worry about. <laughs> There's other stuff going on, man. Um, they face a lawsuit from nine attorneys general, state attorneys general. Um, this is interesting. This, this involves a company you're going to talk about. The allegation here is that um, States say, hey, they, they had a deal between Google and Facebook back before they changed their name to, to Meta, 
where Google would actually rig some ad auctions in their platform to benefit Facebook in exchange for Facebook not starting up its own advertising platform. So, you know, oh, well. you're right, right. There, were, there was this thing where Facebook might have been getting into this market, right? And the, 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 the claim here is that to stop that, Google said, hey, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we'll make it worth your while if you don't mm-hmm. try to compete with us, which, if that's true, is really illegal. Uh, in terms of anti-competitive behavior. Um, Another suit from 38 states is focusing on their attempts to to dominate distribution channels for their products. That's ongoing. And they've got stuff in the EU on Android, on shopping comparison sites, on advertising. Uh, So there's a lot out there. There's a lot of antitrust uh, going on uh, with with Google right now. Um, All over the world, really, Jose. And it's, it's really interesting uh, and again, this kind of came to mind just because of the whole maps thing that came out last week. And I wanted mm-hmm. to take another look at what's been going on. Uh, but we've got several active cases, several active suits. Uh, this, I think, is going to be a big year for a lot of these, uh, potentially. So if you're if you're an Alphabet shareholder, pay attention to this, right? Because uh, it, it, in, in the extreme case, it could lead to a breakup of the company. That may or may not be bad for shareholders in the long term. So I wouldn't be like, you know, super uh disappointed if it gets to that point uh but it's just something you want to be aware of and kind of follow because it it could change the company dramatically uh depending on how these things shake out so that's your quick overview uh of uh of google and their antitrust worries right now that they're facing in this in this uh, new year of 2023 yeah so uh, toby i liked how you finished off the the topic right while i was listening and and seeing all these my first thing is like how should investors see this right and i think it's important that first take time even if if these lawsuits go through some of them and they might be forced to split it doesn't necessarily mean in the long term it'll be a bad thing for shareholders um they can kind of get probably positions in the new companies or 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 whatever happens so it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad thing for shareholders so i think right now it's more of that sit and wait for, for, for most investors, if, if you are an investor of, of Alphabet and Google, w- would you agree, Toby? Yeah, I think that's right. I think you sit and you uh, you see how this plays out. Um, you know, and like you noted, it's, it, if we get to a break over the company or they have to spin some stuff off, that's not necessarily a bad deal, uh, especially if it's done in a way, you know, there are different ways they can do this. But, you know, if, if you spin off a part of a company, typically existing shareholders get shares of that new company. And if that becomes a more vibrant competitor in the marketplace, you could see a good benefit from that nice benefit, right? Um, forcing a company to break up and compete with itself could lead to good shareholder returns. So that's not necessarily um, something you want to avoid. Uh, I, I think probably if you're thinking, what's my worst case scenario as a shareholder? It's probably something that happened to Microsoft back in the day where there's no breakup, right? But there were a lot of restrictions placed on the company by the government, how they can operate. And basically, you got to go get government consent for various things. That's very distracting. Um, it can kind of put a, a damper on innovation and can put you at a competitive disadvantage uh, regarding other other companies out there. And if that happens, then you're looking at a scenario where maybe suddenly Alphabet um, is forced to kind of compete with handcuffs in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you look five years out and everyone else, all these startups don't have those restrictions and they're able to be faster and more nimble. You, that would potentially be a problem, right? If you're a shareholder. Um, so as when I look at this from a shareholder standpoint, I, I think breakups are actually cleaner 
because there's no, once you're done, you're done. And each part mm-hmm. ne- it doesn't necessarily have any restrictions on them. They can just go do their thing. That's what you want as a shareholder. You want your company free to go do whatever they need to do to compete. You don't want them sitting there with, uh, um, well, you've got these government restrictions that say you can't operate this way. You have to get permission to do this. That that can get messy and, and can put you to disadvantage. So, for, Toby, for topic number two, I wanted to bring uh, meta platforms and their continuous push into generative AI. This is something that I, I think we've heard about a lot in the past few months thanks to the popular open AI, chat GPT, Microsoft investing in it. Um, and, and Meta, I think Meta, even though they have been really into the artificial intelligence market, they don't really announce it too much. And now that they're seeing that this is a very popular base, they're trying to show, hey, hey, look, we, we do artificial intelligence too. And we hit it in very interesting markets. Um, so I... Uh, taking a quick look at the first slide here, I, I want to say Mark Zuckerberg yesterday, I believe, um, announced that they are creating a new top-level product group at Meta focused on generative AI. And he kind of goes in the short term, we'll focus on building creative and expressive tools. Over the long term, we'll focus on developing AI personas that can help people in various ways. Text with their overall chat, WhatsApp, and message- Messenger images like creative Instagram filters and ad formats and video and other multi-model experiences. So uh, in, in, in the right, I just want to say Meta has been a leader in AI, even if consumers don't see it in their everyday lives. Um, for example, Meta was one that started PyTorch, which is a huge, huge machine learning framework that I, I do believe many companies are using nowadays. Obviously, with their social platforms, they also have been focusing on artificial intelligence for their recommender systems. And luckily for Meta, they get a lot of data points, right? They have WhatsApp and Messenger for text. They have um, Facebook Reels and Instagram Reels for videos and Instagram for images. So uh, Meta definitely has a nice amount of data set behind them. The only thing that I find pretty weird right now is, Toby, Meta this year, when they introduced their quarter four earnings, they said that this is the year of efficiency. This is the year that they really want to show that, hey, we can grow as we can grow in innovation, but also do it in an efficient way with reducing costs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, AI is expensive. Um, especially right now, there's no real way to monetize it. And the crazy thing is Meta has billions of users, so they can't just release something to the public because if not, that's just going to burn a lot of money for them. Um, Snapchat, for example, even though it's not a big tech giant, it just, just launched an AI chat box um, with their subscription version. Uh, with chat, uh, Snapchat Plus, I believe, where it's powered by OpenAI's uh, GPT, and you can kind of use it to kind of do a, our own search engine of some sort or kind of get ideas. Uh, so we can see a lot of companies are using it right now. Before we go any further, I want to thank you for watching, and I need your help to reach my goal of 30,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So if you can do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and thumbs up. Also, if you want some fantastic insight into the semiconductor industry, join my other channel, Semiconductor Investing and More, where I use my electrical engineering background to break down the semiconductor market. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video, and check out fool.com slash jose for the 10 
10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for their subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Meta already has generative AI, but they haven't really released it to the public. Uh, I remember last year, they released two products. First is Make a Scene, and the second is Make a a Video. Make a Scene is the one to the left where you as a user can just write some form of text prompt, and it will create some form of image. The second is make a video where very similar, you will kind of create some form of text prompt and it will make a small two to three second animation. Again, it's very expensive for Meta to kind of be able to release this to the public as with billion of users kind of creating random text, random memes. I don't think Meta would monetize that so greatly. So they're trying to find ways to do it. The first thing that comes in mind, Toby, is advertise uh, small businesses, right? Small businesses like to advertise in Meta. They like to advertise in Instagram. Uh, but sometimes hiring a, a social company, uh, designer company could get expensive. And maybe with these solutions, they can maybe pay a few bucks, be a small business, pay a few bucks a month and be able to create some really eye-pleasing advertisement that can overall help return um, money into your business. And you can use Meta's advertisement segment for that. Uh, so I, I think that's what we're going to see in the future. I don't know how Meta's going to kind of release this to the public. Um, before I go my, to my final slide, Toby, any thoughts here on Meta and their generative AI push that they've been kind of mentioning for some time now? It's uh, the monetization issue is kind of interesting to think about, Jose, that you talked about, right? Because um, you know, you, you look at say, I guess when you think about chatbots, right? Chat GPT, Microsoft obviously comes to mind, right? With with what they're doing. Um, but when you look at that, it's pretty obvious, right? Like they they've got a couple things going on. They would use it for um, you know, they're using it in Bing, right? And what's the point of that, right? It's to obviously increase market share so they can increase their ad rates, right? That's part of what they're doing. You look at Meta, though, 2 billion users worldwide. Um, getting more use on their platform isn't really a concern, I think, a huge concern for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you ask yourself, well, it, it, it wouldn't just be a draw to bring users on so we can charge more general ad rates. I don't, I don't think that's it, right? Um, and then... You know, you also look at Microsoft and Office 365, which is a subscription product, right? So it's obvious there. We put this into our subscription product to make it easier for people to use. They're more likely to subscribe. They're more likely to stay subscribed. Um, and we can even raise our prices, right, if it's more useful. Uh, but, again, Facebook for users has always been free. So uh, it, 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 that's, I think, you, you hit on that key point there. It, it's, that's what they need to think about. How are we going to take this and monetize this? Um, in our model, in our existing model, and I'm um, I'm not sure what that looks like. I don't know. I think that's one thing we'll we'll maybe see over the next year if they get this. But that's um, that is the interesting thing to think about as, as a shareholder. How do you make money from this, right? Definitely, Toby. And I just want to jump into the final slide to close out the episode. I want to say Meta has been just like Google, in my opinion, has definitely been a target by regulators and especially in their social platform, in their advertisement platform. I think Meta has kind of learned a little bit from from those pushes that maybe so they don't become a target in this artificial intelligence race. They're playing very nice in this space. They're trying to make this a very open source market to some extent. Recently, they did announce a new large uh, language model called Llama, I would guess. and this is, uh, again, one of their um, state-of-the-art large language models that they've been using. 
they've released it to non-commercial use and you must have must apply to get access and here they're usually going for for the um education system for the science field at the moment for um research and development and there they mentioned that there is a huge problem with ai ai is expensive due to the huge number of parameters uh, for a company to be able to use something like open ai's chat gpt it gets pretty pretty expensive because they use billions and billions of parameters so with this large language model that meta has designed their goal is to be flexible you're able to choose how much parameters you want to use how much power you want to use and this can help these non-big tech players get into this artificial intelligence race without needing that big tech wallet. Uh, they also mentioned that even some of their weaker platforms are still strongly compared to other l large language models like ChatGPT. Um, so it does seem like they're trying to make technology more accessible, at least for this artificial intelligence market to others outside of big tech. Again, I just think this is just so they can continue their research without having to worry about maybe regulators saying, hey, look, you're doing all this. You're keeping it away from the small players. I think if they start off with the small, with, with playing nice, I think maybe regulators in the AI front, maybe not in the social front, but in the AI front might also play nice with Meta. Yeah, well, I have a question on that. Are um are they charging for this or is the idea just they're giving it to like researchers for free to kind of see how what they do with it do you know anything about that i i, I did not get to see if there was any price point toby uh. um from where it seems it seems like um there might be some charge for it but it, it, it it's going to be more dependent on on who on that research community right. and it would be a lot cheaper than using some of the other large language models available right now right and i guess they benefit too if people are using their their stuff right because they get that data from it that uh, mm -hmm. they can use to improve so that that's uh, that's kind of interesting yeah definitely a lot, a lot going on a lot going on with meta right now with um kind of behind the scenes and ar and even the vr stuff it's uh interesting interesting one to look at definitely toby so i think that's it for this episode i want to thank you again toby for joining me um a lot of great topics guys if you want to see any of toby's articles i post his link on the comments below so you can find toby as well uh, and can check out any of his articles where he posts a lot of great information about various companies so toby thank you again and see you next time thanks jose thanks for having me see you next time